We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? Did that? We're about, one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. Field of 68 After Dark, powered by Bet Rivers. We got Rob Doster, Jeff Goodman. I'm Megan McEwen. Jeff Goodman was fussy all week on Twitter about the lack of competition with these games starting out, we had 200 games on Monday, Tuesday, not much better. But finally, tonight, gentlemen, we get what the people not only wanted, but what the people deserved. Michigan State, Gonzaga on the USS Abraham Lincoln. We're going to break it all down here, including a litany of upsets that happened tonight as well. Big power five matchups all around college basketball. But before we dive into that, Let's dive into our handy-dandy drinks right here. Toast of the night. Since I'm first, ladies first, I'm going to go first. My toast of the night is to the Temple student section who rushed the floor (laughs) after Temple upset ranked Villanova. And then with 0.2 seconds, the refs made them get off the floor so Temple could shoot free throws and then chaos ensued. So toast to you, Temple student section. Go Owls. Rob. So that kind of I got I got to change up mine because I was going to toast to Kyle Neptune for calling a timeout with two seconds left, and the, the students just haven't cleared the floor down by four. Like I love that level of petty. Um, I'm going to go ahead. The game's not over yet. Uh, they're up three at halftime right now, but I'm going to toast to Amani Bates. Oh, seventeen points. He's shooting seven to nine from the Damn floor. Man. He's two for three from three. He's looked really really good tonight, so and um, that kid's been through a lot. We don't need to rehash everything. But he's still just 18 years old. He doesn't turn 19 until January 28th of next year. So he's in his second season of college basketball. I just, I think that it's, it's, we've been clear on this show, right? We we are hoping for the best for Amani Bates. I think we've been clear that we all like Amani Bates and want to see him succeed. So I'm just happy for the kid. He's having a good night. We'll see what happens in the rest of the second half. Maybe it's a good thing that I'm just kind of doing the toast now because he'll miss the next nine shots that he takes. But hey. You got to respect him tonight. Cheers to Imani Bates. Imani Bates. You stole mine. But, I'm, but I, I'm, I'm glad I went first this time. Listen, there you go. I'm, I'm good on the fly. I'm going to come up with another one that is not quite over yet. And I don't want to jinx him. But Dante Jackson over at Grambling, up 78-70 right now against Colorado. Pac-12 in the SWAC. They did kind of a, a, a series uh, this year. They started it. Uh, so Colorado's actually playing at Grambling. I love the idea of this. And uh, Tad Boyle probably doesn't like the idea of it right now because, again, he's down, uh, as I'm looking at it right now, eight with a minute eight left. Uh, so, again, toast to Grambling. Hold on. Hold on. To Grambling. To Grambling. And I think we can all agree we can toast to the fact that we had a fantastic power five matchup tonight between Michigan State and Zaga. Let's just get right to it. This game went down to the wire. Last second shot opportunity for Michigan State. Gonzaga does come out on top. Drew Timmy's a rock star throughout this game. Jeff, let's start with you. The Zag survived after a strong second half. What was your biggest takeaway overall from their performance? 
my biggest takeaway of the game was actually about Michigan State, to be honest. I know you yeah. asked me my biggest takeaway about Gonzaga. I did. But, I know but, you did. But like a politician, take it whichever way you want to. As you'll you'll find out, you and we love you, Megan, already, is <laughs> you can ask me a question and, you know, I, I might go anywhere with it. But, but I really do believe, like, to me, Gonzaga – uh, they've still got some things to shore up, obviously, and, and you know they were playing on a on a on a ship. So you got to take everything that kind of happened with a grain of salt because of the conditions, because of the buildup, uh, all of it. Two veteran teams for the most part, but I was super impressed with with Michigan State. Uh, Sissoko was awesome in the first half. He gave Timmy everything he could handle, and then give Drew Timmy credit. He kept going at him. He 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 adjusted. And he was able to kind of, instead of trying to finish over Sissoko, he, he he actually used his arsenal, right? He's got those unorthodox moves, quick spins. He's Foot got a lot that incredible. he can go to. Yeah. yeah he, was, he was so patient in the post. Like, that's what really stood out to me. And I think we have to – none of us uh, toasted Drew Timmy tonight, but I think at some point we have to toast Drew Timmy. 22 points, 13 boards, five on the offensive glass, four assists, two blocks against the defense that put all five defenders in the paint, right? And to me, that's my biggest takeaway is that no one is going to be able to defend Gonzaga the way that Michigan State defended Gonzaga tonight. You cannot ignore the three-point line when you are defending, uh, not when there's no win, when you have Nolan Hickman out there, when you have um, uh, when you have Julian Strother out there, when you have Hunter Salas out there, when you have guys that are going to make shots, you cannot ignore the three-point line. Hunter Salas all of a sudden is a shot maker? I, I blanked. Who's Rasir? Oh, I, I, blanked, I blanked on the names, man. I blanked oh, on the names. Oh. It is what it is. Malachi oh. Smith, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but when you have those, those shot makers on the perimeter, you can't just completely forget about them. And that's what Michigan State was able to do tonight because of the conditions. So my biggest takeaway from that game is just I think Gonzaga is going to be fine. I think we're going to overreact. We're going to say that they're – uh, overrated because this oh, Michigan no, state man. team that no one thinks is really good. Like they're, they're going to be just fine, right? They're a top five team in college basketball, maybe a top three team in college basketball. I don't know if they're top two, see, um, but they're sure very much in that, that. conversation. No, I'm not Hickman. sure only because I want to see more from Hickman. That's the only thing I would say is Fair. Hickman and Malachi Smith. One of them's got to emerge. Like think of what they've had the last couple of years, Gonzaga, right? You had Nemhard, who was the most like steadying influence of anybody in the country at the point guard spot. And then two years ago, you had Jalen Suggs, who is electric to play alongside him. They just don't have that dude, and, and they don't have that rim protector either. There, there's certainly some things we're, we're worried about. We're not going to worry about them in, in the in the league, but I think we are going to worry about them a little bit leading up to the league. And, and you Well, know, they're not the same. Like, they're not going to be the same level of dominant as they've been in the past, right? right? right. But they don't have to be in a year that, that I think it's fair to say is pretty balanced at the top at least right now when we're kind of looking at it from a national perspective. Yep. So they're never, they're not, we're not going to be like, yeah, they have to be number one. You know, they're very clearly the best team in college basketball. They're the favorite bet all your money on their futures at bet rivers. Right. Um, but they're, they're, they're going to be a really, really good team. And yes. Megan, part of what impressed me so much from them was that they went up against one of the toughest, the most, uh, the best rebounding teams, the most physical teams like Tom Izzo teams play a certain style and on a boat where you can't, shoot from the perimeter. You got to play that style that that uh that is that what Michigan State does best. And Gonzaga beat them at their own game at the end of the day. And we normally think about Gonzaga and be like, "Nah, they're soft. Nah, we can't we, we don't want them out there, right? They 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 can't get in the trenches. They can't win ugly." Well, guess what? They won ugly tonight. And they also, I mean, Michigan State had to deal with the sunlight in the first half, which by the way, it's very difficult when you're on the playground, you got to shoot in sunlight. I mean, it's a factor. Nobody's going to want to be like, oh, we don't want excuses or whatever. But I think that is something to keep in mind as well. I want to pivot back to Michigan State for a moment. Maddie Sissoko, 14 points, four for five shooting, nine rebounds, fouled out in this game, but arguably had his best performance of his career. Um, you owe him an apology, you think, Rob Doster? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we absolutely do. Um, Let's I hear mean, it. We were, we were laughing about it. We were laughing about it on the group chat before. Uh, what Alfonso Ellis says something about uh, Michigan State is going to win because of their their size and strength inside. And he comes out here and I think he had fourteen and nine tonight. I think he had twelve and seven in the first half. Outplayed Drew Timmy in the mm -hmm. first half. So yes, Maddie Sissoko. Look, cheers to you, sir. I apologize. I take it all back. Yeah, he played like a beast, and and that's probably what Izzo's going to need from him. 
every game. I mean, that's the one big question we have. Well, the other question is, do they have a star? But I think we, we, we're we okay with the fact that Michigan State doesn't have a go-to guy, a, a star. Jade Nakins, I don't know if he's ever going to get there, but he'll be better than he was tonight coming off the injury now. You know, Tyson Walker was much better in his decision-making than he was early last season. A.J. Hogarth's much better than he was a year ago at this time. So they're, they're all going to be better. And Hauser was, you know, in foul trouble, and he didn't do anything tonight. And they hung well, right I mean, with- He's one of those guys, if he can't shoot, if there's no threat for Joey Hauser to make a jump shot, like, why do you have him on the floor? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. And, and that's the kind of beauty with this Michigan State team is there's not much of a drop-off from one to eight. Because one isn't like a star, but again, Sissoko is going to be the key because if he can just do what he did tonight and battle and rebound and finish down low, that's all they need. Can I can I say something that might be controversial here? We're all friends here, it. right? Uh, Have it. Um, can we stop with these stupid games on aircraft carriers? Like we don't, we don't need to do. There's Retweet. ways that you can like. There's ways that you can honor the troops, and there's ways that you could do games in really cool settings that aren't outdoors and in a completely different setting than what basketball is supposed to be, right? There's ways that we can do something special on Veterans Day that doesn't involve playing literally on the ocean. Why? Why are we doing this? Why? Like, why, it makes no sense to me. The camo uniforms are basketball. If the coaches want to do it and they're okay with it, and and, and honestly. That's something that you got to give Mark Few a lot of credit for because he's got the better team, right? He knew he had the better team when he agreed to this game. And he said, you know what? I, I want it. This experience is worth it for the kids, for the coaches, for every, for the troops. They had two, two people, you know, two troops, you know, they were doing the game for a couple minutes tonight during the game. They took, so like, I, you know what? I think I, you're no, an I, asshole. I get all. I think, I you're, I all think you're an asshole. I, no, I, I get. You, I'm not saying. I'm not saying like the when they did the games in Germany on the yeah. the Air Force base in Germany. That's awesome, right? There are plenty of of uh, there are plenty of army bases in the United States where you could do a game like this, right? It's just why we but, don't need to do it outside on a boat. Why are we doing it on a boat? Point. Well, you have Wisconsin playing Stanford tonight inside of America Family Field. So you're in a baseball stadium, but they put a court in there. It's a unique experience. It draws the whole fan base. It's in Milwaukee, so more of Wisconsin fans can get to it. So to your point, there are easier ways to have these games. The aircraft carrier is pretty cool. I see your point with it, which brings me to my next question for the two of you. How much can we actually take away from both these teams, seeing that this game was on a freaking aircraft carrier, and that's never going to happen again for the course of the season? My my biggest takeaway with Gonzaga is just that they have their the toughness is there, right? We can't question their toughness this year because they just out-toughed one of the toughest teams in college basketball. Now, I think, Goodman, your point about is Nolan Hickman going to be that guy well, yeah, he needs to prove it, right? But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, look, if you struggled on an aircraft carrier playing outside, I think a lot of people are going to struggle playing outside. So I think the toughness aspect of it, and Drew Timmy is that dude. Like, we knew it already, but, like, Drew Timmy's that dude. The people and I want to ask you guys, him. too, by the way, how how do you guard Drew Timmy? If you're a coach going into a game, what do you think is the most effective way? You double team him, you can pass out of it, and someone can shoot. You go one-on-one with him, he's going to score on you every single time time how do you slow him down you put three people on him no you just double i, I think you double you do, him. you do this no i think you you <laughs> have to double him and 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 make gonzaga make shots the only one that you're scared of right now still like strother and bolton they're good shooters but i would i would rather let them beat me than, than try to play drew timmy one-on-one so i think you double them probably on the catch probably on the catch every time Half of Michigan State almost fouled out. Two of them did. Everyone yeah. else, you get people in foul trouble that whole entire second half. So He's some food for thought. Back yeah, the to you, Jeff. Thing, the one thing I don't think you can do is is sit there and just let him dribble and make a decision, right? You either go one-on-one and, or you send that double right away, like you said, just immediately on the catch, have two people there, force him to get out of his hand. So we can't just pick you apart. If you're going to play halfway there and just kind of put – people away from them. he's gonna he's gonna find a way to beat you so yep. i think you're right i think the best way to do it is to double on the catch jeff how much stock are you putting in this michigan state performance uh again the biggest thing for me is is Suzoko. like that's the biggest thing nothing else surprised me zero like for anybody else on michigan state nothing surprised me other than that and again jade nakins 
Let's see what he can do because if he can be a 12 to 15 point a game guy, then you're in business and, and, and Sissoko can give you, I mean, what, honestly, if you could get seven and seven out of him every night, seven and seven, you take that. Yeah, I mean, you take it, but it, it's, it, it's not going to be all that much. And he's the only real big guy on the roster. Are you trusting Jackson Kohler? I don't think I'm ready to trust him yet. Not yet, but but you, you're going to need him come league play. You don't need him that much yet if Cesar can give you, you know, again, seven and seven, well, ten and seven one night. Michigan State, like Michigan State's got an insane schedule. They got the I Champions Classic and they go play in the PK eighty five. Like it's not league That's play true. is here for Michigan State. It's not they don't have a bunch of cup. That's teams. a great point. That's actually a great point. Is is can Suzuka give you at, at PK eighty five? Can he give you three of those in four days? Oh, wait, are you are you saying that I just made a great point? Well, yeah. Are I you saying I just made a great point? This early in the season. Yes. Megan, it usually, it, it usually takes guess, until January. Well, hey, early. Well, he's had a couple sips of high noon, so yeah, anything's go. possible tonight. <laughs> but to your point, Michigan State next game against Kentucky. They play Villanova, Alabama, Notre Dame. They have a couple of people they could potentially play in the PKI, and then they get into Big Ten play. It's a brutal non-conference schedule. Gonzaga as well, though, playing all power fives moving forward before they start conference play. But Michigan State has what I love about Tom is, though, he's going to play the best of the best early on to be battle tested when you go into conference play. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to March, you want that resume to be as pretty as possible for the committee. And you know what? Like Tom Izzo just does it right. He does it for himself, for his players, like great games and great environments he takes advantage. He knows they have the opportunity to, to play him. So why not play him and, and get your team ready and find out what you have early rather than playing a bunch of bye games and getting false confidence for what? He doesn't need that. No, not at all. Um, someone who needs confidence, we're going to switch gears here, is Villanova. Kyle Neptune needs a little bit of confidence. Temple with a massive upset over Villanova. End of the game, 0.2 seconds left. Temple had some free throws. The student section rushes the floor. There's still 0.2 on the clock. The officials, I mean, come on. Make everybody get back off the court. The student section is like high-fiving the players on the baseline. They're still so close. Kyle Neptune calls a timeout. And you love this, Doster. You love the move. You're down four now. 0.2 seconds left. He calls a timeout. Take it from there. It's elite levels of petty to do something like that, right? You know the students are standing right under the basket. You know all you have to – the game's over, right? You know that you've lost. To call a timeout and make them wait that much longer is just – it's so perfect. I love it so much. Um, I do think it's really interesting, though, the 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 dynamic in, in Philadelphia basketball right now because this is the first time since 2018 that Villanova has lost a game uh, – lost a big five game. Uh, the last time they lost was to Penn at the Palestra uh, the year after they won the 2018 title. Um, this is the first time that they've lost to Temple since I think 2012, right? It's been a decade since I lost to them. Yeah. Um, it, normally they just they just run roughshod over everybody else in that city and everybody else in that Big Five rivalry. And I think it says something about what this Villanova team is, right? Are they? Are they should we be scared of them at this point? I know they don't have Cam Whitmore. I know they don't have um, they don't have Justin Moore right now. But this is the team. They their entire offense tonight was getting guys in post ups. That's literally all they did. Whether it was Caleb Daniels or Brandon Slater or Eric Dixon or Chris Archie Diakno, like they had just guys dribbling into post ups. Are you, how many games are you going to win? They shot seven threes, seven threes in an entire game. Villanova did, and, and they shot more. almost a thousand threes last season throughout yes. the whole season to that point. Go yeah, ahead, Jeff. That's not Cam Whitmore's game. Who, who the freshman who's going to come back here in the next hopefully couple weeks. Uh, from injury that that's not what he he is going to add they're missing Justin more terribly um I hate to say it but but I think point guard play is uh really lacking here with with Chris Archidiacono you know he wasn't supposed to be a 30 minute a game guy and he rebounded tonight but what he scored two points one assist I mean and rebound he's not a threat but yes yeah he's no. not a threat and to me, you you got to be a threat when you don't have enough around you, right? Brandon Slater's got to be more aggressive. I love him. Got to be more assertive. Um, Dixon's good, but again, if he's your best player, if he's your star, and you lost to a Temple team that just lost to Wagner, 
Yeah, yeah, this Temple team is good. So this Temple team is built that, so they can kind of match up with uh, with Villanova. They got a bunch of guys that are like six five and athletic and long and switchable. So the, it, it's it's a pretty good matchup on paper. Um, the issue that I see with Villanova, the way that they run their offense, they don't run sets, they don't run plays. Basically, what they do is they're looking to get one person to 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 somehow get a, a paint touch, right? Whether it's by entering the ball into the post or by getting dribble penetration. Then they're going to try to draw two defenders, they kick it out, create a closeout, and do the same thing over and over again until they get someone driving to the basket or get an open jump shot. Like, that's their entire offense. And they don't have that first person that can create the closeout, right? They don't have someone that can go uh, dribble by you, get into the lane, kick out, find somebody. They don't have that guy. Colin Gillespie was that guy. Jalen Brunson was that guy. Ryan Archidiakono was that guy. They don't have that guy. And I think it's kind of a bigger picture thing, but when you're going to play that way and you're not just running set after set after set after set, you need somebody that can really teach the game. And I think that Jay Wright is as good of a teacher of the game as you're going to find. And and it's too early to say anything about Kyle Neptune, right? And it's not fair to judge him for losing right. a game in a rivalry on the road when you don't have arguably your two best players. We, so we, I don't want to put. We judge Hubert. I know I judged Hubert way too early last year, so yeah, I'm not doing it again. We did, but it, it's. That, but yeah. I do. I do think that that is going to be the thing that I'm watching. Right. That is what I'm going to be looking for is the way that the Villanova way worked. The reason why that style of play worked was because Jay Wright was such a great teacher of the game. And I need to see if Kyle Neptune is that guy as well. And he very well could be. We just don't know yet. The most concerning thing for me, reading the stat sheet, eight assists on 24 mm-hmm. made baskets, eight assists. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Point guard play. A lot of it. A lot of it. I mean, they've had great. Think of the core of what they've been about has been their point guard. Uh, honestly, since. I mean, even before Ryan or Archie Diacono, like even the Kyle Lowry's, right? Like they have multiple point guards. They were kind of that first team to have multiple point guards um, to, to, you know, win at a high level. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is this, do Villanova fans need to be sounding the alarm right now? Well, what's, what's the alarm? Like what, what would, if you're a Villanova fan, what would. What the alarm would is, oh my gosh, we're not going to get into the tournament. Right. right. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think that it's that bad. I think that they're going to be good because when you get Whitmore back and if you end up getting Justin Moore back, I think that they're going to find a way to win enough games to get in the tournament. Like I said, they lost basically a one possession game on the road without Cam Whitmore, without Justin Moore in a rivalry game in the second game of the coach's career. You know, if let's, let's put it out there. Right. I love how you called it a rivalry game too. Cause those people don't realize the Philly rivalries, how deep those go. That's a big five. Yes. Yes. And And they want to beat Villanova so bad because Villanova Villanova is Villanova, right? Like that's, that's the biggest game, but also I'm just going to throw it out there on Villanova's last possession. Caleb Daniels was supposed to summon up. A dude flops. He's yeah. laying on the ground. Caleb Daniels has a layup right there at the rim. Yeah, he almost like I think he was afraid of landing on him. Yes, that's a foul. You got to call that foul. if you flop and you're right there and you're and you're you're uh, interrupting the play like that. That is a foul. You got to call that foul. If they call that foul, maybe the game ends differently. So that that's the margins that we're dealing with here. So I'm not going to overreact to it. There's you know just, what else? Hey, you know what else? Big picture of this. How much does this impact the the Big East? Has been so good largely because of Villanova, right? You're getting that big resume win. You're taking potentially taking that away right now if they're not as good this year. Biggie's been, you know, six bids. It, it's deep enough. 
how much can this affect the Big East this year if Villanova doesn't produce in the in the preseason or early season as it has every year lately? Well, they got Creighton still, so there's going to be a tough. <laughs> there's there's going to be a really good team in the conference. I'm not worried about that. All right. You like how I said Creighton and not UConn, Jeff? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> UConn's not there yet. UConn. Hey, UConn's they're two and zero. They're two and zero, and they covered twice. Dama had 25, uh, 27 to fifteen tonight. Right, I don't good. want to hear it. Better than the Villanova schedule. Speaking of uh, sounding alarms, I think North Carolina fans almost sounded an alarm at the first <laughs> half of their game against College of Charleston. Tar Heels end up pulling away with it in the second half. Armando Baycott, Jeff and I were texting about this, took one shot in the first half. One shot. Jeff Goodman, how does this happen? It can't happen. It can, but it can happen when you have Caleb Love on your team. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. That's the problem. It is. Like Caleb Love, know where, where your bread is buttered here. Inside out. That's how you've got to play if you're North Carolina. You've got arguably the best big man and one of the most efficient players in the country. Get him the damn ball. Now, part of it was on Baycott, too. Part of it was on him in the first half. But I'm sure when Hubert went in that locker room, he looked at that dude, those guys, R.J. Davis, too, at fault, and Caleb Love, and he probably said, hey, do you know who the hell we have over there? Let me introduce you to him. Get him the effing ball. Do you know, well, first of all, Armando Baycott had 27 points and five rebounds in the second half. So, right, yeah, right. I think I think you're probably right. He took 12 shots Good and 12 free throws in the second half. Um, but I love, I love how you're just out here. Caleb Love had 25 points, nine boards, six assists, just a single turnover, and went eight for 17 from the floor. And Goodman's out here dragging him. My man just had a career Guys. game. That's a great game. And you're just, just out here. Saying. Get get the big guy the ball. Get him the ball. Hey, He's still the can best. I, can player. I just say one thing? Speaking of North Carolina fans, like if you want to get a shirt, check out this shirt. You can get a shirt like this in the merch store. The knocked out shirt, the K out shirt with the scores from the the scores from Pretty the nice. That's game. a sick shirt. Yeah, You're, great modeling yeah. there. Field of yeah, sixty shop. Field of sixty for this. We need a better model than Doster. By the way, we do. We do. You've watched. We can't, that, we can't right? afford one yet, though. So as soon as we can afford one, maybe Tom Brady will jump on for us. Oh, wow. One could only hope. Um, I want want to pick your guys' brain on this. One of the big transfers this season was Pete Nance coming from Northwestern to North Carolina. I want to pick your brain on this. I want to pick your brain. Well, people love his versatility, and that's why. He's got great size. He has the ability to be a three-level scorer, but to me, he's been so inconsistent. So how would you rate how he fits into this North Carolina system. Will he be more effective? Have, are we going to see better than two for five, seven points? Eh, it's it's meh. Yeah. Yeah. It's been very, very blah, but you know what, you know, who was blah last year early Brady Manic. He was blah for the first half of the year. And Great that point. was the big reason why we were killing Carolina because they were losing the teams by 20 plus uh, inconsistent, uh, uh, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say the word, Rob. They were soft. Caleb's not going to like it when, when he hears me say they were soft because he he still denies it. Uh, but they were. And then Brady Manick, he flipped it. He flipped it. They figured him out. They figured out how to play. Hubert figured out, honestly, that he needed Brady Manick, and that was the best way to play with a, a big who could step out and really shoot the ball. So I, I'm not giving up on Pete Nance yet. Uh, but he's not Brady Manic. I know he shot 43% from three last year. He is not the shooter that Brady Manic was, period. Yeah, there's, no. there's a difference between a guy that can make threes and a guy who's a shooter. Yeah. Right. Brady Manic is a shooter. And I also love there's a difference how... between shooters and makers. Right. Yes. Big difference. Yes. Yep. I, I love how Brady Manic, like when he was in the Big 12, everyone was like, oh, this dude's soft. Like he'll never be anything. Yeah. There's no way he could play in the Big 12. And he goes to North Carolina. <laughs> And in the second half of the season, like he's the toughest dude on that. He kind of set a tone for that. He took on a leadership role in the second half of that season. Um, And I I wonder if that's something that's missing from this group right now. Like we've seen North Carolina did not play great tonight against Charleston. They they turned it on in the second half, but they gave up a 50 spot in the first half to Charleston. And look, Charleston's a good major, a good major. Pat Kelsey, all the respect in the world. They love to run. You can't give up 50 points at home and a half to a mid-major. You just can't do it. Like you've got to be better. Where's the defense, Rob? It was HTM defense. Hope they miss. Right. We have a Pete Nance uh, expert on this on this podcast, by the way. Did you know yeah. that? We yeah. have a Northwestern expert. I don't know about, expert, so. I don't know about Northwestern expert. I know 
heartbroken many a times from seeing some of the play that has played out. But that being said, what do you I think? Wish Pete Nance, a Pete what, Nance? What do you? Yes. What do you, do you think he can? He can be that guy for Carolina. I want him to be more aggressive and be more assertive with his offensive game. If he's going to be that guy, you have Armando Baycott. You got so many great pieces around you, Caleb Love. But you can be that guy too. And yes, it takes a little bit of time to get integrated into a system. But at what point are you going to be that tough MFer and try to get yours? And that's what I want to see out of him. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of on Carolina, on their guards too. And that that's... I guess that's the hardest part for me with Caleb Love. Like, you've already done it, dude. Like, the biggest thing you have right now is, for for me, it would be R.J. Davis and Caleb Love. Make sure those big guys are happy. And then get your own. You're going to get your shots, Caleb. And R.J., you don't need them that much. You're going to pick your spots. Make sure you figure out where Pete Nance fits within this team and this offense. And it's going to take a little bit of time. And it takes, I think, every single team when you start out a season, a little bit of time to relearn how to play together, readjust to college basketball, the pace. It's one thing going against each other in practices for the last month and a half. But when you finally get to game speed, you get to play in other teams. It's just going to take time, I think, for everybody. We've seen some slow starts from teams. I don't think it's time by any means to sound the alarms for North Carolina. They're fine. They end up taking care of business. They cross the century mark tonight. Doster. You have any worries about North Carolina? I mean, no, not really, because they they really are a team when they can turn it on when they need to, which well, is we think they did it last year. They, they did it last it? year. They've done it right. twice this season already. Like maybe it's just something where they they have the ability to kind of coast, and then all when they need to turn it on, just boom, things change and they take off. That's a risky way to play. You know, yeah. if you go up against someone that's a little bit better than Charleston, right? You're not going to be able to someone that has a center that can maybe match up with Armando a little bit more than what Charleston has. Um, but I'm not, I'm not that concerned with them yet, but I do think what we've seen so far this season, um, there really is no like best team. And we'll, we'll get into this conversation yeah. a little bit with, with, uh, with Kentucky and Duke later on. Um, we haven't really talked about Houston yet and they haven't really played anyone, but they've, they've yeah. steamrolled two people. So like, I, I do think that there is, there are a lot of really good teams in college basketball this year. And I think that's a good thing for the sport. And a lot of them are blue bloods. And yeah. I think that's a good thing for the sport as well. Yep. It's hundred percent a great thing for the sport. You mentioned, we're going to talk about it later. Let's just talk about it right now. Okay, Kentucky and Duke have been fantastic so far. They haven't really played anybody granted. However, I mean, Duke won by 50 tonight. Kentucky took care of Duquesne. Who has impressed you more Kentucky or Duke at this point? Goodman, we'll start with you. I don't I, – I think Kentucky only because, I mean, again, it, it's one of those where Kentucky's been pl- – and I know Duke's been playing without guys too. Derek Whitehead and mm-hmm. um, Lively came back tonight and, you know, didn't do a whole lot, but at least he got in the court tonight. You know, Kentucky to me, I just wanted to see how the pieces fit. They've obviously not had Oscar Shibley. They got yeah. Severe Wheeler back tonight. But I, my big thing is how is Cal going to play? What's the lineup going to look like? Because my biggest fear, and Rob knows this, was going into the year, Oscar, Wheeler, and uh, Toppin. Three, in my opinion, still kind of non-shooters, non-spacers, right? Non-spacers. They can make shots at times, but they're not guys that, that you you can you know rely on to space the court. And then if you're going to play those three, is that your best lineup? Casey Wallace has proven he can make a three, right? C. One J. for Frederick, one to be exact. What's that? He was one for one tonight. Casey yeah, Wallace. I mean, he's not a great shooter. He's not. But I think teams aren't going under every time on him yet. They may eventually. They're not there yet. Right. And Reeves, and Reeves and Frederick are elite shooters. Elite shooters. And it, mm-hmm. to me, if you can play those two, if you play those two, to me, with Wallace, with Oscar, with one other guy, that's your lineup. That's your you get those two shooters in there to space it. Because what are you gonna do? You double Oscar, like good luck to you. Good luck if you got Reeves and CJ on the on the wings. Right. At the same time, you're gonna have to pick your poison. I think it is good though that they have different ways that they can beat you this year, right? And they haven't had that in the past. So if you want to play those shooters, you can play those shooters. If you want to play a lineup where you have four guys that are long and athletic 
around Oscar Sheway. You could play four guys at a long and athletic around Oscar Sheway and just try to out athlete people. And they uh, they've been able to do that in the past before too. Um, I, I've been I've been really impressed with the with with Duke though, right? And I know they really haven't played anybody, but the fact that they just come over here and come out here and just steamroll people in in games where it's like the first time freshmen are playing without Derek Whitehead, without Derek Lively in the first game, and like kind of without him tonight. Yep. It just they've been they've been just it's there's not even games right. They were down seven nothing to to South Carolina. Upstate gave up 38, uh, 31 points the rest of the game. Their their ability to defend. I said this on the ACC preview show with, with RC and To. Shire talked all preseason about how they need to be a defensive team, and I was like, how are they going to be a good defensive team? How is this going to work? Like they they don't have good defenders. Yeah, and you know what? They've given up. Uh, 82 points. Is that right? I, I yeah, just, 82 points you know, in two games. I just and I know they're not playing anybody, but that's it. That's upstate. I just no, can't. I, no, I get it. I, I Trust me. I get it. I it's get like it. playing against, I don't know, but you. No, you could. I mean, you were a basser. It's not you. I mean, upstate would kick your ass. Yeah, they would. They would have beat us by 50. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think when – when it's not even close to competitive, right? When you're when it's very clear that those two teams shouldn't be on the same basketball court, I think that it says something because a lot of these other good teams are still. Uh, it's like we're watching right now. Michigan is trailing Eastern Michigan. Yeah, I know Eastern Michigan and Upstate are a different level, but that, that it, it was very very obvious that Duke should not be on the same basketball floor as South Carolina Upstate. And we don't. How many times have we seen that with with? No, you're you're right. You are right. There's something to be said about winning these bye games and and pounding the teams. But I want to see Duke Tuesday night. Like then, then I'll give yes. you a better assessment of Duke and Kentucky. Let me see him against somebody. I agree. It's also an interesting assessment of John Shire early because nobody is being watched closer from a national perspective than John Shire. You never want to follow up a legend. John Shire's taken on a really hard task. It didn't matter who was stepping into that seat. It's going to be an incredible, difficult task. I'm impressed with, to your point, Rob, the way Duke is beating teams by 50. They're supposed to. That That's what they're supposed to do, and they've gone out and done that so far. How are they going to do on Tuesday when they have a little bit of more of a challenge? It's going to be very interesting moving forward. Yeah, you mentioned um, Michigan down to Eastern Michigan. I know you both are big Amani Bates fans. Just how good is it to see him back out there right now? I'm happy for him. I mean, again, I, I've gotten a chance to know him pretty well, and I don't know if I've said this publicly, but I was, I was set to go down there and talk to him uh, the day after he got arrested. Um, and obviously that didn't happen, but I, I like Imani. I, I think again, I understand he's made some mistakes. He understands he's made some mistakes. Hopefully he's learned from them. You know, again, it, it's second chances. He's a young kid. He's on the cover of sports illustrated at 15 years old. Everybody's telling him how great he is over and over and over. Then they're trying to rip him down when he didn't make the improvement, uh, that, that we all thought he'd make from 15 to 17, 18 years old. He he goes to Memphis last year. It's like two teams, right? The older guys want nothing to do with Imani Bates. Um, and Imani Bates and Jalen Dern are kind of unto themselves, and it was a, a shit show there. Um, and now he's, he's back home. And I'm not sure it was the best decision. I don't think anybody knows for sure it was the best decision to go back home and play for Eastern Michigan. The beauty of this game tonight is I'm pretty sure – Michigan passed on Amani Bates. I'm pretty sure he wanted to go to Michigan. And Juwan Howard said, thanks, but no thanks. And right now, you don't think this game means a shit ton to Amani Bates? He's I mean, playing he's like playing it. his ass off right now. He's playing like it. I, I do think, and, and I will keep saying this, and I've said it before, but I do think it's important to say um, – what we do with stars and star athletes uh, kind of in this like media environment that we live in is we love to build them up and then try to tear them down. And with Imani Bates, we did that. We built him up when he was 14. And then at 14 years old, everybody starts picking holes in it, right? Everyone starts saying, eh, but he can't do this. Eh, but he can't do that. Then he gets to college at 17. He averaged 10 points in the AAC as a 17-year-old. Not bad. Right? Yeah, not in a vacuum, not that bad. He's now uh, what should be a freshman in his second year of college. 18 years old, he has 21 points on on Michigan with 12 minutes left in a game. Not bad. Um, he didn't live up to the hype that, that he had when he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. We also probably should not have 
giving him that level of hype. You know how damaging it is to do that to a 14 year old. And if you don't have an incredibly strong uh, core of people around you to kind of insulate you from all that noise, how many times do we see child actors and child superstars end up going down a path that they probably shouldn't be going down? So um, I think he stagnated a little bit. How many players didn't stagnate during the pandemic, right? When you don't have a chance to play and you don't have a chance to work out. So um he is not the prospect that we thought he was when he was 14 years old because he is basically still the same size as he was when he was 14 years old. But that doesn't mean he's not he can't end up being an NBA player. That doesn't mean he can't end up being a very, very good college basketball player. And uh, like you said, how I'm, cool I'm, would it be? Hey, how cool would it be, though? You go back home. And, and the other part is we haven't talked about it. he's playing with a point guard right now, too. Noah Farrakhan's a good point guard. And these kids know him. Mm-hmm. They know him already. Memphis didn't accept him, a lot of those players. This team has accepted him because a lot of these kids grew up with him. But how great would it be if he was able to bring Eastern Michigan to relevance and to the NCAA tournament? It would be a cool story. I mean, it would be a great story, and it would be something that we would talk about like every single night. If he can have a uh, a Jimmer for debt kind of a season, right, where he averages like 28 points a game, and Eastern Michigan is is relevant. Like they win this game, they pick off. I don't even know who else they play, but they pick off somebody else. Uh, they roll through the MAC, and we end up saying, "Hey, look, you know what? They might be they might be an at large bid." That'd I, just, be a great I story. just don't want to see Hunter's podcast. If they if they lose, Hunter's podcast is going to be ugly next week. We don't we don't we don't talk about competitors on here, Jeff. What are you doing? <laughs> Would never do such a thing. But to your point, I think it's really good point Rob about how we built him up so much over time and especially nowadays I don't think we realize how much of an effect social media has on this generation of players because no matter where they go everybody knows the stat line they know what exactly they did in a game they can see their body language on the bench they are under a microscope more so than ever so to see him be successful despite having all that would be a fantastic storyline Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Uh, let's pivot back to the ACC. We're just going to ping pong around here. Um, Clemson lost by two to South Carolina. First year head coach of South Carolina. This was a little surprising to say at least, or or was it Jeff Goodman? No, I, these are two teams that we probably shouldn't even be talking about on this uh, show right now, to be honest. <laughs> they're, they're, they're two just uh, okay teams. Gigi Jackson's a really good freshman at South Carolina. Lamont Paris has a long way to go. These are two coaches in completely different stages, right? Lamont Parrish just took over at South Carolina. He's got to figure it out. He's got a super talented freshman. It's probably one and done. Brad Burnell's fighting for his job right now. Been there a long time. We all know he can coach his Doesn't have his best player. P.J. Hall came back tonight. Came back tonight. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was huge for him. Huge. To get P.J. Hall back. So he still lost. Yeah, I take it all back. Yeah, you're but right. But it's his first game back. <laughs> he has, you know, he's been he's been injured all all. I mean, since last, you know, since the start of the offseason. I want to know how long it's going to be until you start talking about a one bid ACC again. <laughs> Florida State, man, zero and two. I mean, zero and two, Megan. It's it's sixty yeah. to fifty four to UCF. And they lost I mean, another player. They don't they have Baba Miller. They're getting crushed with injuries again. I think Naheem McLeod's out for two months, right? Is that right? Yeah. Something like that. Baba Miller, obviously, the suspension is th- that's not doing them any favors. They lost the uh, the transfer from Brown that RC would have won that said would have won them the league, right? You remember Willie. that? Yeah, well. Yeah. Um, so it's it's tough. It's the second straight season where they've just been decimated by injuries. So it's kind of hard to Judge sit them. here and criticize them too much when like they're missing like three of their, of their five best players. I mean, is, Pitts, is Pittsburgh loses. Pittsburgh loses tonight to West Virginia. I mean, they're without their best player, John Hughley. How uh, how sad is it that that Pitt West Virginia rivalry game? Nobody cares. It, 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 nobody cares. Tristan about Freeman. Tristan Freeman is the only one who cared. And I he's know you crying, don't know. He's who that crying. Is, he's crying right now into his uh, what, his craft. His craft. Shout out to Tristan. Salads. <laughs> yes, he's making an ugly salad right now. I don't even know if I want to know what that means. But the Seminoles are <laughs> are zero two. Um, 
I, there's still time. You got injuries. Is there still time to turn this around and still maybe, you know, have a good run in ACC play? For there, Florida State. For Florida State. Yeah, there is, and, and here's why. Because you can always say, like, if, if Baba Miller comes back and they start winning games in ACC play, you can always say, hey, look, NCAA Selection Committee, we didn't have this guy when we played these games. Now, does that justify losing to Stetson, who, with all respect to Donnie Jones, we love Donnie Jones. This is a pro Donnie Jones podcast. Uh, Stetson to be clear. Was yeah, they were picked 13th in the Atlantic Sun. Like, that's a, that's a bad loss. NC State almost lost to Campbell today. Fighting oh. Camels. Right, the Camels. The Camels almost got him. Kevin Keats won. But again, Notre Dame almost lost yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right? Rad- like- Radford's tough, dude. Like they they've got some guys. I, I think that said more about Radford than it did about yeah. Notre Dame. And I heard they got hosed uh by the refs. Well, as somebody that took the Notre Dame money line live when they were down ten, I, yeah. I think it was a great, greatly officiated of game. Of course you did. Of <laughs> course you did. <laughs> Want to pivot here to talk about Auburn. They were down to South Florida earlier in this game. Now they go on to win 67-59. What's up with these teams getting down to these non-power five teams? I got a I got a I got a hot take on uh on Auburn. I just don't think they're very good this year. Okay. I, hey, neither does Bruce Pearl. Yeah, I know. I know. That's so they told me the other day. But he told listen, he did tell me this a year ago. Literally a year ago, he says to me. He's like, I think our ceiling's probably like sixth place in the SEC. They come out of the gates or like, right? Were they like number? I don't know what they were. They, they were, were number like, one at some at one point. Right. They they went had a long undefeated run. He also told me like uh, he was basically like, yeah, our guards aren't very good. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, well, you know, you're not green, wrong. You're not wrong. But you know what he had last year? Window green, you're getting. That's the problem. As a coach, there's nothing worse than not knowing what you're getting out of one of your best players, and certainly a veteran now, right? So Chance Westry's still hurt. The Treor kid is young. He's going to be good, but it's going to take some time. There's just a lot of questions with it. There's no Jabari Smith. Well, There's here's, no Walker here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, you still have those inconsistent guards that really are not that good. Like, let, let's just be frank about it, right? Like, Katie Johnson, love his energy, loves the way that he plays. He takes bad shots, and he's not a great shooter, and he's not really a creator, right? Wendell Green is just so hot and cold uh, on the five nights a year where he looks like Steph Curry. He's going to he probably will win you a basketball game. Every other game, he might be a net negative. Um, Zepp Jasper, like, can guard people, but what else is he? Like, he's just kind of out there. Yeah. Uh, and once you get past that, like, what do they have? Now, Chance Westry could be the difference maker if he ends up being as good They're as hoping. the, the yeah. Auburn staff. Like, they they really think that he's going to be a good, pre- uh, good player, potentially like a one-and-done kind of a guy. But if you still have the same questionable guards that they had last year, and instead of having Jabari Smith, you have Johan Traore. And instead of having Walker Kessler, you have Janai Broom. Like, that's that's a huge – the strength of their team, what made them great last year was Walker Kessler's run protection and the fact that Jabari Smith didn't miss when he got his feet set. And you don't have that this year. All you got is a bunch of guys who are just like, yeah, okay, they're pretty good. Now, if you're – when you play someone that you can be more athletic and more physical, then they're going to wear you out. That's what they did to George Mason. But they're not going to wear people out in the SEC. Everybody in the SEC has dudes that are the same size and the same level of athlete. I just like they're a top forty team to me. They're they're like a ten seed. You know, you know who's you know who's knocking out talent them. Who? Your favorite coach in the SEC? Who's that? Jerry Stackhouse, man. Oh boy, yeah, Jerry Stackhouse, man. How bad does that look now, huh? They lost the Southern Miss. Hey, Doss has been telling me how great a coach Stackhouse is. I was I was I was in on Vanderbilt. I was in on Vanderbilt. The background, Megan. Megan, the background on Stackhouse is number one. He blocks everybody on Twitter. So if you if you tweet anything negative about him, Megan, I guarantee you he will block you. He he is every media person blocked. Um, I kind of want to I want to test this experiment. Yeah, you should just try it for the hell of it. Like, hey, Jerry, like your tie was crooked or something. And, and see what he does. Um, that's wild, first off. But it brings up a good question. Ex-players who become coaches. And this is such a common oh. theme that oh. we've seen in our game. But oh. here's here's my question to you. Right now, is there a who is the best ex-player to be a coach? And is it Juwan Howard? Today it is. Yeah, I think today it clearly is Juwan Howard. Um, Ex-NBA players, I've written about it. Uh, their track record is not good coaching in college because I just don't think most of them understand the grind. However, however, the caveat to this, 
is now things have changed because if you're an ex NBA player, you could sell the NBA, which kids want more than anything, right? They want to get to the NBA. So if you mm-hmm. could sell them the fact that you've coached or played in the NBA, it's a huge difference. And then if you add NIL to that, you know, like Penny Hardaway can do, like Mike Woodson can do, uh, like Juwan Howard can do to some extent, not the same extent Penny's got NIL. So like they should be able to get dudes every year and keep dudes. Yeah, I was going to – Penny was the one that I was going to say is like the only guy that's kind of in that same conversation, that's in that same bracket, that same tier, if you will. As Juwan? As Juwan, yeah. As what he's done? Huh? Yeah. Are you on crack? Yes, I am. He that's barely got in the tournament last year in year four. Yeah, I think he. I think, I think Penny is a oh. very, very good coach. Juwan went Why? to the league two years ago. In the Sweet Sixteen, no, I'm not. I'm not year. saying based on what they've accomplished. I'm saying that he's the only guy I would put in the same bracket in terms of being like that level of a coach. I think that. But Penny, I think it's got to be accomplishment. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't gotten it yet. He right, did. Right. He, hey, he does have a banner. How many banners does Jawan Howard have? <laughs> Penny's got an NIT banner. That was that was a low hanging fruit right there. They're, hang, they're hanging that up in the FedEx Center. Yeah, good. No, no, but all in all seriousness, I, I do think one. I think Memphis is really good this year, and two, I think that. Um, the way that Penny turned it around after uh, he got Amani Bates up out of there with Memphis last season, the way that he was able to get Memphis the year they won the NIT, I'll go, I'll, I'll take this to my grave. I think they were a top 30 team in the country by the end of the season. They just didn't right. have the resume to be able to get in the tournament. I think Penny's really, really good. Okay. Yeah. I, listen, again, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. I think he's had some things against them. Um, but I, but I also feel like, again, the, the, my biggest, thing on most of these guys whether it was Chris Mullen Patrick Ewing now you know a lot of these guys is they don't understand the work it 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 takes and again now NIL changes things a little bit but the work it takes that you got to get on the phone you got to be on the phone you got to be on the road all that stuff just because your name is Chris Mullen or Patrick Ewing doesn't mean you're going to get dudes Mm mm-hmm well, and that's the one thing I don't think coaches realize until they get to become a head coach, assistant coach, whatever that might be, the recruiting aspect of it. Yeah. Two things that matter, recruiting and scheduling. Yes, yes. Take that to your so grave with it. Yeah. Um, let's pivot to the Big Ten, shall we? We got yeah. about 10 minutes left here. But let's talk about the Big Ten. Wisconsin played Stanford tonight in the Brew City battle. A really cool concept. Yeah. They took a basketball court, put it between first base and third base, put some stands around it and said, let's play ball. It was fantastic. Really good crowd. I was there earlier for the women's game, calling it and just a fantastic atmosphere is very like Wisconsin. If, if I could like, you know, determine the state, you know, beer was everywhere, yep. but just a really great cheese curds all over the place. Idea. Cheese curds. I mean, you walked in, they handed you a spot of cow. Life was good. Um, <laughs> That didn't happen for the record, but I wish it did. That being said, um, this Wisconsin team able to pull out a 10-point win over Stanford. Stanford struggled earlier this week to get over Pacific, come to the Midwest, lose by 10. But this Wisconsin team only scored 60 points for Rob Doster. Yeah, you know, I was going to say the only way they could have made that event better is if they got two good basketball teams to show up. (laughs) Oh, come on. No, I mean, Stanford is what they are. Um, they're they're always just going to be the most disappointing team in the country. The team that we look at and say, look at all that talent they have. How come they uh, – this is going to be the year they break through. And for the 19th straight season, they're not going to break through. Um, and it was constant. Like, I just – your best player is Chucky Hepburn, like Tyler Wall. I, I, they're fine, I guess. They'll finish eighth in the Big Ten. I don't know. They didn't – There's there was just nothing about – everything about that game to me screamed like uh, 11 seed. Second yeah, round of the got upset. It, it, was, it was slow. People got upset when I did my top five games and some people tweeted me back. I didn't include that game. And I'm like, yeah, because it's going to be 110 total points. <laughs> it's not an entertaining game. I mean, Wisconsin's got to win ugly all year. They got three dudes. I don't know what, you know, what else they really got. They got to figure it out. I mean, if Greg Gard can take this team and somehow get him in the top like four or five of the big 10, Put him we in the Hall of Fame. Build a statue of him. Put him outside. in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> right. Listen, final score 60 to 50. I mean, this is vomit inducing. Yeah. Stanford shot 6% from three. <laughs> One for 16 from beyond the arc. Wisconsin, five for 20, 25%. I mean, if that's not a yet even worse, let's go to this. 65% from the free throw line. Stanford, 61% for Wisconsin. I mean, 
not not good. We can maybe they can blame it on the depth perception of being inside of a baseball stadium. Throw them a bone here, potentially a little different than an aircraft carrier. But uh, this Wisconsin team is certainly not sexy by any means. You know who is sexy, Megan? Who? Zach Eady. He had thirty points in uh, twenty-one minutes. He was twelve of thirteen, eleven rebounds against Austin P. Tell me, Zach Eady isn't sexy to you? Seven four, come on now! <laughs> exactly, come on, come on! I was really nervous about where you were going to go with that. <laughs> I know, me too. I kind of held my breath as well. I was like, I mean, he already, you already got them all. Oh, no, he's had a high noon. Where is this one going to go? <laughs> he's so he's so dominant. Like that's the thing, Zach Eady. It's like against the, these low majors or mid majors, it's not even fair. I mean, you could put all five dudes up against them. He gets the ball in there. It's like it's like playing with little boys. Like, he, like the monster dunks on. Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, how about exactly. uh since we're, we're since we're talking about the Big Ten, how about Chris Murray tonight? Twenty two yeah, and what fourteen. What did he end up with? Twenty two and fourteen. Oof. Yeah. I mean, again, playing a team that they should beat pretty you know significantly. They did. They did, and and Murray was good. Uh, McCaffrey, Patrick had a pretty good game. Perkins has been good at the point. Sanford can play. You know where I stand with this Iowa team. I they love might, them. They might be pretty good, man. They might. They, they, you. they might be pretty good. Now, I don't know if they're ever going to get stops. I may, maybe you just can't play defense in the state of Iowa. Maybe all the defense in the state is it over. It doesn't exist. It doesn't do, exist. Do you know? Do you know how good? Like, if you took Iowa State's offense and Iowa State's defense and just like put it together and and made like this the state of That's Iowa. Crazy amalgam of college basketball ken palm is that a word is that a word yeah it is a word it's amalgam? a great word. yeah go go study for spell it wow a-m-a-l-g-a-m that's a word Doss, they're learning it Basser. it's definitely it's definitely a word it's definitely an sat word i know what you got i'm gonna look this up we know what you got on your your sat's going but if you put them together like they would be they'd be the best team in the country if you took iowa state's defense and iowa's offense and made the same team no yeah, yeah, no, they'd be great and if you can do that. By the way, we got Eastern Michigan up two with seven. And MK MK like, in the chat just said that amalgam is short for amalgamation. Oh, so, you, oh, so it is it a right. real word. Yeah. I was rooting against it being a real word. Sorry. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, Illinois, let's give a little shout out to our producer Trevor here. The Illini up 7142 over Kansas City. But get this. Matthew Meyer. Five points, two for five shooting, but just not the best performance by him. Somebody who Frank Underwood thought was going to come in and, you know, be different than he was at Baylor. They they talk about how he really could potentially be a three-level scorer, all this and all that. But, I mean, do we need to read into him only putting up five points against Kansas City? You know who who's dominating? Dane Danger, the Danger Zone, 20 and 15, the other Baylor transfer. Yeah, I was gonna say who who thought that the Baylor transfer that was gonna change Illinois season would be Dane Danger. I love the Danger Zone. We need a shirt with the Danger Zone. That is a that's a that's a great. Did you come up with that? I don't know. I, I feel like, like somebody it. told me, but I don't know. I'm not sure. That is a great nickname. Yeah, we gotta we we gotta get that going. But, but Illinois again. You know, pounding Kansas City, Marvin Menzies, the new coach there. Trevor, uh, tre- our producer, Denver. our producer just hit us up and said that you did not come up with that, and you're trying to steal it. And you no, know, I, I'm not. You I'm know, not you're trying, trying to steal, steal it, it like Carter Elliott's microphone. Okay, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to steal it. I I don't know who copyrighted it. Whoever told me it, if somebody did, come forward now and and take credit, and I'll give you the credit. Wow, we'll put a little C up on the shirt. Can I make can I make Great one point? Can I can I make one point real quick on Illinois? Are we allowed to not let you make points? No, yes. you can't. Yes, it's my, it's you know my, it's good for you. Your show, yeah. Go ahead. So, um, Coleman Hawkins, six points, three boards. If he's if he's not great, oh, here we Illinois go. Illinois ceiling is capped. I saw Hawkins that text all say. He was great against the last directional school. Why are you slandering him now? Oh, good point. Yeah, Kansas City's not a directional school. That's exactly. The if it was East oh, Kansas Hummel. City, credit was, credit Hummel for that that one. That, if it was, that if Roman it was, Hawkins kills it against <laughs> directional schools, Megan. Really, I mean, really, it's on the scouting report. Yes. By the way, exactly. Goodman, go. Have you looked at the Arizona box score yet today? No, I'll, I'll look right now. 
I'll look right now. Is it your over? Boy, your boy, Kirk Reese, of 14 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds. Triple oh, double. Oh, come on. He had a triple double? And there's 10 minutes left in the game. Put the hell oh, put that trying to on. get him on. Maybe we can get him on the show during the game. Yeah. Put, <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> you might do it. Get him on. You might do it. Maybe Megan, you will. You'll enjoy that. We'll, we'll, at some point this year, we'll try to get Kirk Creese on the show when, when you're hosting. Trust me, it will be an experience. Right, Rob? Yes. Yes. He's the best the, trash the, talker the, in college basketball. We like, we like a good trash talker. He's awesome. Awesome. Okay. I think well, we, we have, ask everybody. Do we have any questions like from the chat? If, if you're in the chat right now, hit us with some questions. We haven't done that yet this season. Yeah, we'll, we'll whatever you got. Uh, hit us with anything uh, and, and everything. What else? What else we got? What else happened today? I want to know real quick from you two before we wrap this up. Yeah. Best freshman you saw this week. Mm, boy, who was the best freshman this week? It, it's it's honestly been a little disappointing because a lot of the guys have been hurt. Number one, we haven't seen Derek Whitehead. We haven't seen Nick Smith. Uh, we haven't seen Cam Whitmore like we discussed. Uh, who else has been out? Rob, uh, um, the well, I, I'm, I can't remember who's been out, but the guy that has impressed me the most—I don't know if he's necessarily been the best one—is Mark Mitchell, and just yeah, the impact that he player. can have for Duke. Like he—he is—he's been awesome. Six eight, he can play on the perimeter. He yeah. can switch defensively. Like how how was that dude only ranked? Like was he twenty fifth or something like that? Because he was hurt. He was hurt that summer. He was hurt his junior summer, so he didn't play at the Peach Jam. So I think I think that affected him. I would say for me, I mean, Keontae George probably for me. And they haven't played great yeah, competition. Right. I get it. But here's what Keontae George – I know he could score the shit out of the ball. I've seen him. Like, he could score in every which way. He's 6'4". What's impressed me the most is, is his unselfishness, that he can move the ball. I can't wait to see him next week in Vegas in person. And that's going to be great because it's, it's Baylor, it's Illinois – it's UCLA. It's Virginia. It'll be. It's probably the best four team event. But Keontae George, to me, and his willingness to pass, which I knew he could do, but I just I figured he'd just be a a black hole in college, especially when he started out here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, all right. There's we have we do have a couple of questions here. What do you guys think about Colin Castleton and Florida so far this season? He had thirty three nine and two blocks, I guess tonight. Maybe the most underrated player in college basketball. Because he's done it now. Like he was really good all last year. And I don't I don't feel like he got kind of his just due. I hope he gets it this year because he's not that far off from some of those other elite bigs. He's not. And and, and again, think about where he started his career. Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if he was on that. on this Michigan team right exactly. now. Exactly. I mean, I don't play him and Hunter Dickinson Hunter. together. Right. I don't know if they could have really played together, but listen, probably could have figured it out. I think Florida is is sneaky good. There's two teams. There's two teams that I'm going to keep riding. It's yep. Florida, yeah, and it's Kansas State. I think that they're two of the uh, the two teams that people are sleeping on the most. What do you think, Megan? I think that you might be sleeping on Eastern Michigan because they're up by one right now against <laughs> Michigan with five minutes to go. I mean, I'm um, telling you, this will be a brutal loss for Michigan if they lose this in, in a lot of ways, right? Obviously, you don't want to lose to Eastern Michigan in your in your state. You don't want to lose to Amani Bates, who you basically passed on. And, oh, by the way, you're a Michigan team, too, that I know you're ranked, but you're ranked just based on Hunter Dickinson, one player. Uh, you know, Jed Howard. I, I was going to say, Jed Howard's one of the best good. freshmen I've seen so far this week. Yep, yep. He, he was great. He was great mm-hmm. in that first game. And, and Hunter's going to work now. Uh, down low and talking a little shit back to Amani. I mean, this could be a, a they, they better they better have uh, unlike Michigan, you know, state and, and Michigan and football. They better make sure that they go in the opposite direction out of this arena because this could get <laughs> ugly afterwards. <laughs> All right, Goodman. Here's a question from you uh, for you from the chat. Why does Jeff Goodman hate Texas Tech? <laughs> I mean, I go there. I drank with all the Red Raiders fans last year. I ate with them. I almost shotgunned a beer. Um, I mean, can like, you, can you still shotgun beers? No, I haven't done oh. it. So, so they had me up. I was up on a platform, and one of the former players shotgunned a beer, and then they started chanting for me to do it. And I was like, I was thinking about it, and then two thoughts went through my head, Megan. Number one was I haven't shotgunned a beer in like twenty five years. So what if it gets ugly? 
number sure. one. And then if it gets ugly, somebody's going to have it on video. And I don't need to be shotgunning the beer anyway before I go to work, you know. So it was just a why not? I, I, I took the logic, smart route. Logic prevailed. Yeah, yeah, it did. But I, I listen. I like Texas Tech uh, fans a lot. I just think they're delusional as hell. That's that's the problem. I think if I did, you know, I do the most. Uh, what do I do? The craziest Twitter fan bases, and then I think if I did delusional, most delusional fan bases. They'd also be on that one. Maybe not one. Who's who's the most delusional fan base? Indiana. They've been up there, no question, because mm-hmm. they've been living in the past. Now, be careful. My daughter goes there. so I, I know, I know. Got to be very careful how I how I play the Hoosers. Indiana fan base. Goodman, you are one of these delusional Indiana fans. You, <laughs> you realize one. that, right? You've you are a delusional one. Yeah. I have become one. We're here to keep you in check. This is actually a, um, yeah, a, we're trying NC to get NC State. NC State would be way up there, way up there. Really? Yes, yes, absolutely. So I like Texas Tech fans. Um, I think they they were so entertaining last year. I just don't think your team's nearly as good as you think you are. And also, the big thing is you don't give Chris Beard. You can hate Chris Beard all you want. That's fine. You can hate the hell out of him. You just despise him. He's the one who rebuilt that damn program. Not yeah. Tubby Smith. Not, not rebuilt. Not not rebuilt. Built. Built. Yeah. Fine. Thank yeah. you. Built. 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 Yes. Um. So we're gonna make two new T-shirts. Um. Jeff Goodman hates Texas Tech, and then the other T-shirt's going to be like Beard, the house that Beard built, and it'll be a Texas Tech gym. And the danger zone. <laughs> the danger zone. There hey, you go. Trevor. Three. Trevor, can we clip this and send it to uh send it to Greg Waddell, our T-shirt guy? Send it to him, and then you can buy all of them on Field of Sixty Eight dot shop. And Christmas, Thanksgiving <laughs> coming up. I mean, you got the options are endless. Jeff Goodman, Rob Doster, any final thoughts? No, I'm just. I'm. We're gonna get off this, uh, and, and we're gonna watch the end of this Eastern Michigan Michigan game and see if Amani can uh, play hero ball. Hopefully, he doesn't try to play hero ball and take like a bad shot at the end um and and lose the game i i'm i'm kind of rooting for him i See, i, I, really I told i totally disagree i hope he does play hero ball i hope he does take a bad shot and i hope he makes it like that's, well, what, that's, that's what i want yeah that, that i just want him to take a 35 foot fade away at the buzzer over two defenders and have it go in and have eastern michigan win that'd be awesome it would be good you love the pettiness of it all don't you i love pettiness i know you were on that kyle neptune timeout yes 100 on it loving it All right, that does it for Field of 68 After Dark. We will see you next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.